Show Me the Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast. And uh, I've got a cracker. They're all crackers, of course, but this one I think is really important because I've spoken a lot about this in the past, actually, um, in various uh, sort of media activities. The science of gene therapy. Now, this has always been a big promise for decades, really, that can we correct broken genes to treat diseases in human? Now, many diseases that afflict humanity involve a broken gene or a mutated gene or a gene that's different and someone then goes on to develop a disease because of that genetic defect. And in many ways, it's one of the triumphs of what you might call molecular medicine is the uncovering of a genetic basis for a disease because now we know what's causing precisely a particular disease. There's many diseases we don't have a cause of. The ones I work on, things like um, rheumatoid arthritis, for example, any, any kind of autoimmune disease, we still don't know what triggers those. We know there's environmental Influences And there is some genetics in there, which will become relevant in a moment. But still, it's a mystery. But there are some diseases, plain and simple, that are caused by a genetic change. And that change is inherited from the parents in these particular diseases. And then that gene makes a broken protein, and that protein then causes disease. So that's what we're going to talk about, gene therapy to correct these diseases. And once they realised there was genetic differences, the dream was to correct that defect in some way. And that was impossible decades ago when the first genetic link was found to certain diseases. One disease, beta thalassemia, which I'll come back to. That was discovered to be genetic a long time ago, but there was no way to correct that broken gene. The hope was methods and new techniques would be devised to correct the broken gene. But now, great progress. We've got four big successes in gene therapy in the last couple of years. And in the last couple of months, it's really been emphasised. Because they, th- these cures were derived and then they were tested and they persisted. So now is a time to begin to say, yes, we're closer than ever to correct these diseases and stop people getting them. And it's a really wonderful thing because these diseases are very, very challenging and very debilitating. And the goal of medicine, remember, is to do research and do science, do great science that will inform these new therapies. Now, what are these four big ones? Well, the first is blindness. And it's been known for a long time that certain types of blindness are caused by a genetic difference. And then the question is, can you correct that genetic difference? And one big one is a gene called RPE65. And this was worked on by many researchers. And in fact, in Trinity, my own university, uh, Pete Humphreys and Jane Farrar, they did lots of work on the genetic basis for blindness, a disease called retinitis pigmentosa. So we've got a great Irish uh, connection into this as well. And they were pioneering investigators to find genetic links to retinitis pigmentosa. But this one, it's a husband and wife team actually get the credit for this specific thing, Gene Bennett and Albert Maguire. They were ophthalmologists and they were working on a type of blindness caused by a genetic difference in that RPE65 gene. That gene codes for a protein, by the way, in your retina that's involved in detecting light and obviously that's the key thing. That gene gets broken and then sadly those people went blind. It was called Lieber congenital amaurosis. Uh, was the name of this disease and their retinas basically don't work and, and if you have that disease you go blind at 40 now it turns out there's about 27 genes by my count and if there's any road chance Jane is listening she might say there's more than that but, but my, my, my reading of this thing was the 27 at the moment different genes that can cause this type of blindness uh, but this one RPE65 is causing this Libra's one in particular and guess what that team the husband and wife team designed a special adenoviral vector just like in the vaccines actually 
There's not enough viral vector used in the AstraZeneca vaccine for COVID. It's a way to deliver things in the body. In this case, they delivered a healthy gene, if you will, into the cells in the retina. In other words, they provided a replacement for the broken gene, and remarkably it worked. It's called Lux Turner. It got approved. A company called Spark developed it. And people have been given that therapy now, and they can still see. So in other words, it was a huge success story. Uh, now, it's expensive, and this is one question that we often come on to. It's a million dollars to get both eyes done. I mean, it sounds like an awful lot of money. But, but, but Albert has said, look, nobody's not getting it. The insurance companies are paying, which is great. And the effect is persisting. Hence, I'm covering it today because we now have evidence that the therapy is working beyond a few months. The worry would be it might go off or might not be as effective. But there we have a treatment for blindness through genetic therapy, gene therapy, correcting the RPE65 gene. There's our first example. Now, second one, cancer. And again, I can't convey my excitement here because my own lab, we've worked on cancer. We don't work on cancer a lot, but we've done stuff on cancer. Many labs have trying to confront cancer because it's you know, hugely problematic for us as a species as we may have covered before now there's a therapy for cancer called CAR-T chimeric antigen there's a word we all know receptor T-cell therapy now again this is a remarkable piece of science and technology and lots of promise didn't work for a while they tweaked it they got it going better it's Steve Rosenberg in the National Cancer Institute in the US gets some of the credit for this among many Carl June who I actually know he's an old pal of mine he was in the University of Pennsylvania. A lot of people worked on this in the end. But this is a system where you get T-cells out of someone with cancer. Now, T-cells are a very important part of the immune system. And you modify them genetically and train them to recognize tumors and kill them. Now, there's a fantastic example. So, in other words, you take out the T-cell, put a gene in the T-cell. So, this is gene therapy. And that gene codes for a protein that can now, when it's back in your body, that T-cell hunts down the tumor and kills it. So it's like as if you're taking the T-cells, sending them to boot camp, training them, putting them back in the body, and now they're ready to kill the enemy, which in this case is cancer. Now, the best example is a type of leukemia called acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is a devastating leukemia, 50% survival after five years post-diagnosis. And the first trial with this, 29 out of 52 people on the trial went into full remission. Otherwise, many of them would have died. So a remarkable effect there. It's called chim- chimera. Chemria, rather how you pronounce it. Uh, and that's a really persistent treatment, a very effective treatment for acute lymphoblastic anemia. Fantastic, and it involves gene therapy. Now again, the cost, $475,000. And again, insurance companies hopefully are covering it. But again, this will save your life if you're diagnosed with that type of leukemia. There are side effects uh, which were worrying in that these T cells are overactive and they make these things called cytokines, which we've discussed before, very important immune molecules, and those can make you feel really sick if you make too much of them. The cytokine storm happens in COVID, for instance, and, but they've got ways of treating that now. They can limit the cytokine storm. Um, and, and what's amazing is the data now, 85% of people treated with cancer remission, which means the cancer's gone away in those people using CAR-T. Now there's a fantastic example again of you know, science and taking T-cells out, gene therapy in the T-cell, back in the body, kills the leukemia, fantastic. Now, of course, this great promise for other types of cancer. It may especially be useful for what are called liquid cancers in your blood, because obviously the T-cells are in the blood and they can target those cells. But again, they're, they're tweaking it now for every type of cancer. Who knows, CAR-T could become even better at treating other types of cancer, including the big ones, like lung and cervical cancer. Now, my third example is one we were all hoping for. Uh, it's using a technology called CRISPR. Now, I've done CRISPR before. It comes up a lot. It's a technology that can correct broken genes, basically. 
and it was discovered by Jennifer Dowden and Emmanuel Charpentier. They won the Nobel Prize in 2020 for the discovery of CRISPR as a gene editing technology, you might call it. And it has great promise. It's a special sort of method, you might call it, that goes in and corrects genes. So unlike the blindness example where you're replacing a gene or the CAR T where you're putting a gene into T cells, this corrects the gene that's broken in your body, in your cells. And guess what the disease is? Sickle cell anemia. And this is a very important disease. It causes horrible problems. The gene in that case is haemoglobin. That carries oxygen in red blood cells. That gets broken and causes the red blood cell to form these sickle structures and clog up your tissues. Massive inflammation because it really irritates the body and you get anemia because you can't transport iron uh, around the body because the haemoglobin's broken. They've corrected that with CRISPR. And then another uh, disease, beta thalassemia, very similar. You can't make enough haemoglobin. Uh, and therefore you can't carry oxygen around your body and that causes anemia as well that's life threatening and again CRISPR has been used to uh, correct that as well and uh, there were 15 people and that's not a huge number but still with beta thalassemia were all treated and it worked and it really corrected that defect sickle cell anemia again the trial has really worked as well so we're using CRISPR now in two types of anemia to correct the haemoglobin and see a big therapeutic effect in two diseases that are really difficult to treat. So again, CRISPR now could well become a reality. Now, if it can work with those diseases, you could correct any genetic defect that causes so many different diseases, and there are so many of them. My last example is spinal muscular atrophy. This is another genetic disease. In this disease, and it strikes down children and babies, the motor neurons don't work properly, and they degrade, and they get awful, awful paralysis. And it's relentless and eventually they sadly they die now the genes in that were found and again they can use genetic engineering gene therapy to correct those genes the genes are called smns it's smn1 that's broken in the spinal muscular atrophy and again they can go in there and correct that what they do actually is they boost one called smn2 to to make up the difference because smn1 is broken so it's a little bit more complicated but this seems to work and it's been used to great effect. Now, the thing is, you've got to give the injection every four months to correct the defect and get the SMN2 gene in there to allow the motor neurons to survive. And then the muscles work. Motor neurons connect to muscle, remember? So this is a, a muscular atrophy disease. Um, and, and this really worked. Now you have to give it every four months, it looks like. 10,000 people have been treated there's an amazing number with this gene therapy approach and improvements happened. Now, it's not a cure, uh, but improvements were happening. Uh, you got to treat as early as possible to prevent the onset of it. That seems to work especially well. So genetic testing is important there and then get the correct sort of situation in place using the, uh, the gene therapy approach with SMN2. So treat early, prevent onset, and you get an even bigger effect. But it's incredible, all 10,000 people. Treated. Again, the problem is it's expensive. It's 750000 for the first year and then 375000 for every subsequent year. So, you know, the big question is who pays? Now, again, we're hoping this is covered in various ways. These, these therapies are expensive because they cost so much to develop. A lot of work's gone into them, you know, and the companies obviously that have made them will charge for them and then recoup on the investment and so on. So, so it's a bit, that's the other question about how much medicines cost, I guess. But still, here we have a really powerful treatment for the devastating disease, spinal muscular atrophy. So our four examples to recap. Uh, type of blindness caused by RPE65, cancer, in particular type of leukemia, 
Thirdly, uh, anemias, hydrothalassemia, sickle cell anemia. And then fourthly, spinal muscular atrophy. Now you can imagine they're all very different diseases. One affects the eye. One affects the blood with the leukemia. A third one is in the blood as well because of hemoglobin, red blood cells. And the fourth affects muscle. And yet all four now are yielding to gene therapy. So four successes. And that gives rise to great optimism. Now we're now on the way to where we want to be with gene therapy, which is eventually to treat so many different diseases of a genetic aspect. That who knows, gene therapy then will become more and more common as a really high-tech strategy and remember I can't emphasize enough years of science years of research great science done many missteps many great hopes were dashed during this but now we have the evidence that this is working for four very important diseases and who knows where gene therapy might take us next so thanks for listening that's the science of gene therapy a big update for you and my podcast is available for download every Thursday and it's a news talk production and all the very best <laughs>